0: Hello, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Hey, Horizon Church family, I'm so excited to be bringing the message of God to you today. Hey, listen, my name is Andrew, and my wife, Taviana and I, and our kids, we live here in Kansas City, and we have been long time friends with your pastors, Pastor Craig and Shanda. Hey, before we get started, and before we get into the scripture today, I just wanna give a shout out to them as pastors. You know, you probably already know this, but they're some of the greatest people in all the planet. Craig is a dear friend of mine. I can't tell you how many times I've received an encouraging text from him right in a moment of need. And so wherever you're at, maybe you're at home, you can stand up on your couch. Maybe you're live in the room today, you can stand up. Wherever you are, just posture your heart in a way to give honor to your pastors. Craig and Shanda, we love you and we thank God for you, Leading Horizon Church during the season. So hey, listen, if you got your Bibles, open to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 45. I want to read a verse to you and then I want to take us kind of into a deeper thought uh, as we kind of peruse through uh, this thought here in Isaiah chapter 45. It says this, verse 3, and I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches, and you will know that I am doing this. I, the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. We have a God who is a revealer and wants to reveal his heart and his thoughts to us. So let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you today for your word. Father, I thank you that your word is already anointed, it's already inspired and it's gonna bring about great transformation in our hearts today. I pray, Lord God, that we would have hearts to receive all that you wanna do in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Hey, if you're taking notes, you can title this message, Rediscovered. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, you are fascinated with discovery? I don't know about you, but I am. I am fascinated with discovery. It's kind of a thing in our household that a lot of times I will start a conversation by saying, hey, I read in this article, Now, typically that's followed by uh, my family making fun of me because I've read so many articles, but really the idea is that I'm just trying to learn and discover truth, discover what's out there, uh, what do I not know, right? And so it's just something inside the human psyche to to want to discover things. Now, maybe you're not like me, but I actually will go into a city that I've never been into before, and one one of the most fun things I like to do, I like to turn maps off and just get lost in the city turn down streets, I don't know where they go or where they lead, just so I can discover the secret places of that city, what's going on there, the, the culture and the vibe, it's just kind of a thing that I like to do and I think I might have passed that on to my kids, uh, my daughter who's eight, Livia, she's kind of got into this thing lately where at dinner time, we've been eating outside because the weather's nice and at dinner time, we'll sit down to eat and, and she will typically start the entire dinner time by asking, hey dad, tell me a story about when you were little. Now, she's fascinated with discovering what life was like when I was younger. And so I'll tell her stories and of, of what it was like being a teenager and what it was like being a child and what it was like when I first met her mom and we got married and all of these different things. But, but all of us at some point are fascinated with discovering. And part of that is because we, we serve a God who who desires to reveal new things to us, to to reveal things to us that we do not know, secrets that are hidden, treasures that are buried that He wants to reveal to us so that we can become more like Him and that we can know that He's the one that's doing things in our hearts. But here's what I want to propose today. I want to propose a different thought. What if life isn't so much about learning something new as much as it's about remembering something old. What if our life isn't so much about discovering all these new things, but rather it's about stepping into, pressing into, and remembering things that we already know. Now, when I think about that question and that proposal, it drives me to an Old Testament figure, and that man is a man named Josiah. Now, I'm gonna give you a little history that we find in 2 Kings chapter 22 about King Josiah. He was the 16th king of Judah. We know that as you read through scripture, you discover that, but maybe you didn't know this, but he was also the youngest king. He became king, watch this, at age, Eight, Yes, at age eight, he became the king of Judah. His dad was assassinated and he found himself thrust upon a season that he didn't ask for. He found himself in a position that he wasn't begging God for. He found himself with responsibility that he may or may not have been wanted. But we find in this story, he's, he's eight years old and he's king of Judah. Now, we, we read and recollect through Second Kings, different things about him, we, we discovered that 16 years into his reign, he begins to rebuild and repair the temple of God. It's kind of his desire to, to rebuild. And he starts to tear down false idols and, and altars that were built to Baal. And he begins to do this. Now think about it. He's 26 years old at this point. He's repairing the temple and we're going to pick it up in in, 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 in in verse eight in chapter 22. And I want to read it to you. Of um, We're going to pick up what happens with Josiah as he begins repairing and starting this renovation work, but before I read it, I want to throw this out. If you've ever done any kind of renovation work anywhere, which my wife and I love to do, uh, right now we're renovating a 1930s home. Uh, it's actually the house we're standing in right now, and we, we're renovating its old plaster walls and and uh, old molding and old hardwood floors and old windows. And if you've ever done any kind of remodeling, one of the things that you will know is that as you begin to remove the old, oftentimes things are unearthed, things that have been buried and things that have been hidden come out to surface. I'll give you an example. We were renovating one of our bathrooms and we took an old medicine cabinet off the wall. And as we took that old medicine cabinet off the wall, I had actually discovered that tucked behind the plaster and the lathe were hundreds, not like 10 or 20, but hundreds hundreds of small little razor blades, Gillette razor blades buried in the back of our wall. And so I kind of was thinking like, this is kind of an odd thing for all these to be here. Well, we moved into the second bathroom and pulled out the medicine cabinet and lo and behold, behind the wall were more Gillette razor blades. And so I thought maybe there's something here I don't understand. So I began to read an article about and try to discover why would there be all these razor blades in the wall. And it came to find out that in the 1930s, uh, as we kind of moved into the forties and fifties, when people would begin to uh, shave their face, they would dispose of their razor blades in the trash. And oftentimes they would take their trash to the garden and they would burn their trash. And then what would happen Uh, obviously, is that the metal blades wouldn't burn down so that when people were doing work in their garden, they would cut themselves accidentally and so forth. And so what happened is they came up with this way to dispose of blades without harming anybody. And if you have an old medicine cabinet or maybe you're someone who's alive and been alive long enough today, you already know where I'm going with this story. Uh, Medicine cabinets in the 50s, they begin to put this little slot in the back of a medicine cabinet. And it was so that you could dispose of your razor blades. Behind the wall, so that it was safe. Well, we just happen to be uh, the family that, after decades and decades, were finally able to to remove that stuff and uncover and unpack something that had been hidden and buried behind the wall. And a story just like that happens with Josiah during the renovation of this temple. And I want to pick it up here in. Uh, In verse 8, it says this, chapter 22, verse 8, it says, And Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan, the secretary, came to the king and reported to the king. Okay, so now we got Hilkiah, the priest, has discovered this book of the law, and now he's going to bring it to King Josiah. It says, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house. Or another translation says, Says they had gone to the treasuries to find the money so they could pay the people to do the work. How many you know that they found a treasure in the treasuries, right? So it says, your servants has emptied out the money and, and there was found in the house. They have not delivered it to the hand of the workmen who have oversight of the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah, the priest, to give me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now watch this. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. He tore his clothes. Wow, why did he tear his clothes? Why was Josiah's response so elaborate, so so expressive? I'll tell you why. Because for 60 years, the book of the law had been hidden, it hadn't been brought out, it hadn't been read, and here he is as the king, the one in charge, the one responsible for a nation, having discovered that here's this book and the people had not been doers of the word that had been written in the book of the law. And so Josiah finds himself rediscovering an old truth that they hadn't been living out. And this is what we see in this passage. Could it be that in our lives, sometimes God doesn't want to reveal a new truth until we're obedient to the old thing he's already told us. And that's what we see happening with Josiah. There's this rediscovery of how they're to live, how they're to purpose themselves, how they're, they're, they're to move forward as a nation. And he, he finds himself both grieving and responding in a way to bring about change in his nation. Now, when I think about this and I look at this particular passage and I think about rediscovering, I believe there's, there's a truth that God tells us in his word that I wanna to read to you today out of Matthew chapter 22. And if you think about it this way, There's a lot of truths that God reveals to us in scripture, and I believe that God is still speaking truth to us today. I believe that God is a prophetic God who's continuing to speak into our hearts. And no matter what season you're in, no matter what you're facing today, I believe God wants to speak directly to you in your time of need. But what I wanna do today is I wanna just take us back to a practical truth, a practical principle, or maybe I can say it this way, a value That Jesus is trying to teach us in the book of Matthew, and the scripture tells us that this particular value, these, these two values that he shares with us, everything hinges upon these two things. And so, arguably, it's one of the most important things Jesus ever says to us, and it's found in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 34. It says this, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Trying to test Jesus, right? Teacher, which is the greatest of the commandments in the law? And he said to them, this is Jesus' response. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So there it is, number one. And, the, and this is the great, and it's the first commandment. And the second is like it: you shall love the Lord your God, or you shall you shall love your neighbor rather as yourself. And on these two commandments depend the whole law of the prophets. Jesus is saying you're to love God, and you're to love one another. It's these these two things, that these two pillars, these two monumental truths that Jesus gives us that we're to build our lives upon. It's the two things that he desires us to walk in full obedience to. I think of it this way. Years ago, we were, of course, renovating another house. And in that particular house, we decided to uh, tear carpet off a set of staircases. And we tore the, the pine uh, wood off the staircase. And what was left were two stringers. And those two stringers went from floor all the way up to the second floor and we had to put one tread upon it and the next tread on it and the next tread on it because without those two there was no balance without those two there was no stability you had to have both of those tread both both of those the, those stringers for you to be able to walk and to stand and to and to climb on those stairs and and Jesus is showing us right here in this in this verse That he's desiring for us to love God and to love people. Now, here's what I ask you what does it mean to love God? You know, what does it look like to love God? Does that mean I have to live perfect? Does it mean that I have to get my life together? Uh, you know, I don't know if you were like me, but when I was growing up, my mom used to say, you know, you better, you better listen up and fly right. You better get your act together and fly right. I don't even know what that means, but it's what she used to say to me. You know, is that, what, is that how God looks at us? Get your act together and fly right. Is that what it means to love God is to get our whole act together? I would rather say it this way. I believe that God has called us not just into a servant mindset in our relationship with Him, but to truly love God is to is to not just uh, love who He is, but to love His ways. But not just to love His ways, but to love who He is. That He desires for us to walk in fullness. That He desires us to walk in intimacy. I think of it this way: when I was wooing my high school sweetheart to fall in love with me, one of the things I would eagerly do is find out what pleased her, what made her happy, what caused her the greatest amount of joy. And I believe if we're going to walk in true intimacy with God, I believe one of the expressions of that is that we're going to seek to find what is it that pleases God? What is it that brings joy to the heart of God? I believe that's God's desire for us is to, is to find out what pleases Him. The scriptures tell us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so when I walk in faith, I walk in a way where I'm, I'm pleasing God. When I, when I trust God, when I listen to His word, when I, when I walk in His commandments, I, I, I show God that I'm in love with Him and that He's in love with me. And that it becomes the motivation for how I live my life, that I don't just do things I don't just do things because that's how I show God my love. It's because I love God, I do the right things. I believe that's God's desire for us is that we walk in the fullness of loving him. I love the way David says it in his word in Psalm 27, he says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. David saying, it's what I behold, it's, it's what's, what's most important to me. It's the highest value of my life, is to live in such a way where I'm gazing upon the beauty of God. Now, I don't know every story, I don't know every person listening today. You may, you may have a relationship with God or maybe you're listening today and this is the first time you've ever heard that you're to have a relationship with God and that you're gonna be in love with God. Can I tell you, if you draw near to Him, he will draw near to you. If you take a step in faith towards God, he will take a step towards you. God is desiring. It says in the scriptures that that he came for this purpose to to, to love us and to to bring victory into our lives and to set us free from everything that holds us in bondage. And really, honestly, if I could just bring what loving God means down into one word, it would really simply be this, Respond respond to god respond to his love respond to his grace respond to his promptings respond to his movings god loves us and his desire for us is that rather than trying to fulfill all the commands of the law rather than trying to fulfill every jot and tittle to fulfill every single thing listen you don't have to fulfill it all because the bible teaches us that jesus already fulfilled it all and if we respond to God and we let the love of Jesus lead us in our life then we will fulfill the law by loving God and so I just want to encourage you today to step into that first stringer and that is to love God now there obviously there are some ways to love God the scriptures tell us in in first John that for this the love of God for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and so one of the ways we can love God is to walk in obedience simply when we obey God, we show him that we love him. We show God that we honor him. I mean, really, we live in a kingdom and a kingdom has a king and that king has a, has a rule and that rule is to be obeyed. And so that might sound harsh to somebody listening today. Maybe it's the first you've ever heard that, but at the end of the day, we serve a king who loves us and his desire for us is to obey him. Another way we can, we can love God is, is by serving. I love this verse out of Matthew chapter 25. It says this, In verse 35, it says, for I was hungry, this is Jesus speaking. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we do this? when did we do all these things you're saying? When did we see you hungry? And when did we see you thirsty? And, and when did we see you sick or in prison? And he goes on to say and the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you also did it to me. One of the ways that we can show God love, one of the ways that we can love God with everything within us is by loving other people. Now, Make no mistake, we clearly are living, whether you're in Canada, or you're in the United States of America like I am, but globally, we're facing a pandemic. Now, I don't know about you, but, There's been a lot of byproducts of the pandemic. There's uh, distribution is behind and sometimes when you order things, they don't show up on time. Uh, Stores aren't open like they used to be. Your favorite coffee shop isn't always there when you need it. I mean, there's a lot of inconvenience in the world right now, but there's also this other huge dynamic that's happening globally and it's this fight for racial justice. We're facing globally the reality that right now in this season, maybe like Josiah, maybe maybe like him, there's, there's been something thrust upon us that we didn't ask for, but it's happening right now in this moment. And it's a perfect opportunity. So we can look at uh, all the things that we don't have right now because of the pandemic. And we can look at all of the challenges that are happening because people are being vocal about something they're fighting for and quite honestly should be fighting for. And we can have a A negative response to that, or as the people of God, we can look right now at this season like Josiah and we can say, this is a time and this is a season. I don't exactly know how we got here, but maybe God is wanting to do something on the inside of us. And we start to see it as an opportunity to truly be the church of God, truly be the people of God, the way he's designed us to be. I want to read this verse to you. And I believe this verse is pivotal to the way we behave, the way we think, and the way we live as believers with regards to other people. it's Philippians chapter two, and I'll bring it to a close here in just a minute. Philippians chapter two, verse one, and it says this. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, come on, have you received affection? Have you received sympathy? Have you received comfort? from God in your relationship with Him? Complete my joy by being in the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and in one mind. Do nothing, not some things, not part of your life, but, but do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look at your own interests, but also, the interest of others. Simply stated, we cannot fully love God the way we need to love God if we don't love people. God's desire for us is to love people. God's desire for us is to walk in such a way where, we're not fighting for our own rights. We're not fighting out of our own ambition. We're not trying to get our own way, but rather we're gonna empty ourselves just like Jesus did and put others before us. And as we put others before us, we're gonna see the love of God and the grace of God and the particip- participation of God begin to flow down over people's lives. And I believe that's what God's called us to. If you're, if you're in the room today and you're a lover of Jesus and you've got the seal of God, Upon your heart, and you've been redeemed, and you've been restored, and you no longer live in the wicked ways of your of your past. But you, but you're a child of God. Then there is a mandate on your life to wake up each and every day, and to put your selfishness aside, and to think about the interests of other people, and to begin to lift them, and to begin to elevate them, so they can truly have an encounter with God. That's one of the things I'm most passionate about in my life is that people would encounter the love. And the, and the grace and the experience of God. I believe God wants that for everyone. And so I want to encourage you today as we wrap it up and as we, I want to just pray over you. I want to pray that in this season where we've hit the pause button, where COVID has literally pushed pause on life, when things are happening um, globally and we're in a season where that we can't control, we're in a season that, that, that is that's beyond our reach that in this season, we can simply look at it as an opportunity. And here's what I'm gonna ask of you today as I pray for you. I'm gonna ask that you would begin to go over and re-examine the things in your life, just like Josiah sent Hilkiah the priest to go re-examine the temple and begin to see what he could uncover. I wanna encourage you in your prayer time and in your walk with God to go back to those moments where maybe God's spoken to you. Maybe it's an old sermon, a sermon notes book, of Pastor Craig speaking over the last couple years in your life, or maybe it's a journal that you've had, or maybe it's your Bible and all the, like for me, I've got a Bible full of of sticky notes that I go to from time to time of just old truths that God's spoken in my heart that need to be rediscovered, that need to be rehatched, and need to be re-released into my life. Because maybe it's not that God wants to reveal something new, but maybe it's that God wants to remind you of something you Already know. And so if you would just bow your heads, close your eyes, I want to just pray over you today, and then I'm gonna release it back to the team there at Horizon. But I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna believe God that God would do something rich in your life. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I just thank you for these moments we've had, God, where we've 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 just partaken of the Word of God. God, that you have brought truth into our life, God. It wasn't wasn't my words, but it was your words in Matthew 22. It was Jesus speaking and telling us that what's important is that we love God. And what's important is that we love others. And so Father, I'm praying right now for each and every person at Horizon Church today. Father, I'm praying, God, God, that there would be a, a new season of rediscovering what it means to fall in love with you again. God of rediscovering those, that that old love, that, that that first flame, God. That you even said in your word, God, that we're to fan into flame those things on the inside of us. Father, I'm praying now that you will refan into flame uh, those things that you've spoken, those secrets that were hidden that have been revealed. God, those those truths, God. Maybe it's a calling, uh, maybe it's a, it's a it's a dream that you've given up on because of despair and a lack of hope. Whatever it may be, I'm praying right now that God, that you would reawaken and help us, God, to rediscover what it means to love you. And Father, I'm also praying for those, God, that, God, in this season, God, we need, God, a fresh revelation, God, a reminder of what it means to truly love other people, to truly put other people before ourselves, God, to to love people the way you did, God, that that you would use us as ambassadors for you, God, that we would that we would be uh, extensions of the kingdom of God in people's lives, God, that God, that w- when we're wearing our mask and we're in a store and we're and we're and we're talking with people and we're being an encouragement, Father, I pray, God, that we would truly uh, walk in the spirit of God, walk in the anointing of God, and be able to bring forth, God, great transformation and and great encounter with people as they encounter your grace and encounter your favor. God, I'm believing that for the people of Horizon Church today. God, I love you and we thank you. And I just wanna tell you, thank you so much for letting me bring the message today. I love you, Horizon Church. I love you, Craig and Shanda. I believe that God's got great, great things in store for you today. God bless you. Thanks for letting me share. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.